Welcome to the Nurse Surgery Podcast. I'm Mike Wang, and I'm here with my co-host, J.P. Colson. We are here to discuss all things neurosurgical. Hi, this is J.P. Colson, a resident in neurosurgery at Rush University. Please note that this is not a CME event, and the opinions and statements made in this podcast do not reflect those of any institution or professional organization. Now, let's get started. Welcome back to the Nursery Podcast. So we are down to about 100 recordings so far, and thank you for your support. And thank you for your emails and the responses and the likes. And one of the things that came about is uh, JP and I reviewed our listenership, and, and we, have, we have thousands of listeners out there. But it occurred to us that a lot of our listeners are not only neurosurgeons and neurosurgeons in training, but younger folks who want to become neurosurgeons, who want to get into medical school and residency. So we thought we'd do a two-part series on how to get into or how to, how, to, how to become a neurosurgeon, if you will. And we're going to call it So You Want to Be a Neurosurgeon. And it's a two-part series. The first, which is today's, is focused on high school students or thereabouts. And the second one, which will be released next week, will be for college students. So um, JP and I searched far and wide for the right person to interview for this, and we found Andrew Chan. Now, Andrew Chan, I'll introduce him, uh, is a resident at UC San Francisco. He's a med- mid-level resident who's going to do a spine fellowship with Chris Shaffrey, the outgoing uh, president of AANS. And um, Andrew has a nickname, and if you're a resident, it's a good thing to have a nickname because it identifies who you are, and I, and I think it's Chanimal. <laughs> so, uh, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dr. Wayne. Thanks for having me. Thanks, JP, for having me as well. So this is our first episode explicitly di- uh, sort of directed at people who are essentially teenagers. I mean, high school kids are what? They're like uh, 13 or 14 when they start. They finish when they're you know, 17, 18, 19. So they're just, I mean, they're, they're still neuro pruning, right? Their brains are still pruning and they're subject to all kinds of distractions and, and, uh, and um, things that you know, could get them in trouble, right? So you know, we've on this podcast already advocated avoiding... Uh, avoiding coffee and being careful about drug and alcohol use and things of that sort and dangerous behaviors. We've talked a lot about life, but this particular segment, I have I have uh, two teenagers in my house. My oldest is now in college, uh, and, and it, it worries me about how they're going to lead their lives. So, Andrew, we're going to lean heavily on you to give us some advice for folks who say they want to be neurosurgeons. And, and let's just add that it's not uncommon. Almost every day I hear from some high school kid or someone younger who says, I want to be a neurosurgeon. So tell us about, uh, tell us, first of all, tell us a little, little about yourself so you can introduce yourself properly. Uh, thanks, Dr. Wang. So I grew up in the Bay Area, I'm a San Franciscan, uh, uh, not San Franciscan, well, from the East Bay, a small town called Castro Valley. Uh, ended up going uh, to high school in the East Bay at a place called Murrow Catholic. Uh, ran cross country in high school, that was my big activity then. And then went to UCLA for undergraduate, where I graduated with a degree in psychobiology. And then went to medical school at Columbia University on the East Coast uh, for coming back uh, for neurosurgery residency here at UCSF. And I'm currently a chief resident on my final year before heading out next year for a, a spinal uh, surgery fellowship. Well, Andrew, thank you for that introduction uh, of yourself. And, and you are obviously extremely accomplished, which can be intimidating for young folks. Now tell us about, you know, you're back in high school running cross country at the Catholic school and and, uh, and what goes through your mind and what are your concerns uh, when you think you might want to be a neurosurgeon? How do you, how do you tackle that? Well, 
so you know, it's an interesting story for me, and I'm not sure if how many people will relate to this, um, but I actually didn't think I was even going into the medical field at that time. I was really undifferentiated. My focus was on you know, keeping my opportunities open, uh, doing well in school enough to get into a good college, uh, doing well enough in cross country so that we could be competitive to win the state title. Um, but aside from that, I, I didn't have a, a goal that I was reaching. I didn't have a particular carrot at the end of the stick that I was, you know, reaching towards just that I knew I needed to do well to not limit any opportunities in life, which I think will is something that should resonate with all the high school students that do end up wanting to go into something competitive like medical school or uh, in neurosurgery, that you just want to make sure that at this early time point, you don't really you consider all opportunities, but if you do have a path that you don't do things that would limit you from achieving that goal. Wow. I love to hear you say that, Andrew. I, I actually have a, a similar background myself. You know, when I was of high school age, I was mostly involved in the arts. I come from a family of lawyers, so a lot of very verbal, wordy people, not very leaning towards the science or mathematics, which for me didn't really come up until I was in college. And so I had that same feeling of potential and, you know, potential opportunity at that age, but no really defined and focused goal. So thinking back to that high school age and what opportunities are available to a high school student, if, if we could put ourselves in the position of someone who actually does think one day I want to be a neurosurgeon, has that sense of the potential within themselves, what opportunities are available to a high school student not just to make themselves a great college applicant, but to get more information about the field and get a better sense of what neurosurgery means besides just that romantic word. Thanks, John Paul. Yeah, so I think the important thing at that time point is to basically, as a primary drive, explore that medicine is the right field for you and explore that neurosurgery could potentially be a right field for you. And to do so at the high school level, I think I would find mentorship, and that may take the the role of finding a neurosurgeon that you're interested in shadowing, uh, going to a clinic, or even just sitting down and chatting with them about what their field is like, what their day-to-day -day is like, how they operate, what surgeries are like, what their research is like, what else they do in their off time, um, to really you know, then know that this field is right for you and something that you can envision doing. At the same time, uh, this is there are opportunities as well to assess if research is right for you. Um, especially in neurosurgical research. Uh, at, uh, back when I was at uh, Columbia, uh, one of the labs there had uh, a large uh, presence of high school students over the summer. I recently just worked with a high school student on one of my uh, research projects at UCSF. So I think it's a time that you can find out if one of those three pillars of neurosurgery, again, which is being the surgeon, but being the researcher and also being the leader. So the research aspect is something that you could envision yourself doing as well something that is, will make you competitive to get into residency and also for a job if you want to go into academic neurosurgery. Um, I think it's also a time to conversely uh, explore other fields as well. And by this, I mean that you want to make sure that there's no other things that you would like to do, maybe potentially more than neurosurgery. So, you know, that you, you check out uh, if you're interested in tech, maybe you do a computer programming class. If you have a faint interest in uh, law or history that you pursue those avenues to then, you know, either say, oh, I could potentially be interested in this as well. So you don't necessarily pigeon your, your hole yourself early, 
But at the other end, you could also then necessarily say, I've checked all these other things out and I can confidently say that medicine and neurosurgery is the right thing for me. Andrew, that's such a great clarion call. I, I was at UCLA for a year doing an MPH and, and I remember walking by the MPI, the Neuropsychiatric Institute at UCLA, which is famous. Uh, Dr. Hovd is there, and it, it is really one of the, the great uh, halls of, of psychobiology or psychiatric medicine, and, and I, I understand JP also has expertise in that as well. So I guess, let me just say something about this for high school kids. I, I'm probably well known, at least locally, I kind of bristle at the idea of sort of like six and seven year med programs and this idea of like being pre-medicine and all that. And I think one of the things that came about in American medicine in the last century in the Flexner report and all that was that medicine is not a trade. It's not something where you probably should start learning to be a doctor when you're uh, 18 or 19 or 20. You're not mature enough for that. And the way this plays out is that you know, by having some diversity of background, and what I mean by that is like uh, some of our resident, residents here in Miami worked in finance, others uh, were in uh, in engineering, and they, you know they bring a, a a span of knowledge that is so critical for neurosurgery as an innovative field. I guess you know if you're like a primary care doc and you're just going by you know the sort of AMA guidelines or or, or uh, whatever whatever the, the the generalists or the pediatric guidelines are for vaccination. That's great. And that's one of the threats that nurse practitioners and PAs think that they're just as good as us for doing those practices. But in neurosurgery, we're highly innovative. And if I think back to my medical school class at 86 at Stanford, a quarter of the folks never even practiced clinical medicine. Some went off and founded companies, biotech startups, some went into law, some worked at hedge funds, some went into politics. And, and that's part of what's great about neurosurgery is that you know we're an innovative field and we need people of all different stripes. Now, that being said, Having your focus on neurosurgery is something altogether different. I would say the analogy is something like, I want to be a F-35 Raptor pilot, but guess what? I have to physically condition and run to be strong enough to do that. That's a precondition for being a pilot. It has nothing to do with flying a plane per se, but it's a critical skill. And so for the young people that are in high school, I think doing all these different things is absolutely critical, right? In other words, don't just study neuroscience. You need to understand other things as well to bring something to our field. So, so Andrew, walk us through again, you're in high school, right? And you're running cross country. You know, you're talking to these high school kids. Give us some examples of how they can differentiate themselves yet maintain a focus. Like one day I'm going to be Andrew Chan. Well, I think you've hit it right on the head there that, you know, for neurosurgery, let's say you just need to be the best at all the other categories um, throughout, you know, the course of your high schooling and college. So that would include, you know, having the top grades, having the top marks, um, doing all the shadowing, those kind of things. You just need to have that baseline. But what Dr. Wang really highlighted was having that flair. You need to have that additional thing that makes you a very interesting person um, that wows people, you know, just other individuals that want to include you in their department, uh, in their residency group, in their medical school. And that always helps to differentiate you. So, you know, I'm thinking back to my time in medical school, thinking about the other people in my class that were so talented in so many different things. We had people that were uh, players on their national rugby team. We had Division One football players. We had uh, people that graduated from Juilliard. You know, so people that just excelled at whatever field they chose. And I think that's important at that time to just build this repertoire of excellence when you're in high school. 
And I think uh, no matter what you do, that 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 should be your driving driving uh, force. That you want to just be excellent at what you do, and that will set you up for opportunities to one go into neurosurgery if that's still what you want to do, but two go into anything at that time point that you ultimately want to if you change your mind. Wow, Andrew, I love the idea of flair that you just brought up, and I love that you brought it into the conversation, particularly when we're talking about and talking to young people of high school age. The teenage years, uh, certainly in America these days, have become some of the most difficult times to be a young person. You're learning how to navigate difficult social terrains. You're learning how to manage new interactions and not just new relationships when you enter a new school environment, but new kinds of relationships as you get older and maybe get your first job, get your first boyfriend or girlfriend. So could you speak to maybe a young person in high school who's aspiring to this field and at the same time they're trying to excel in all these technical domains, the grades and the extracurriculars and that resume, they're also becoming who they will one day be socially and developing their character in the public realm. Could you speak to someone who may be shy or may hesitate to exhibit whatever flair they have inside about how important social interaction, as Dr. Wing always says, the social IQ is in a field as emotionally charged and fast moving as neurosurgery? JP, that's a great, great thing that you bring up and a big issue I, I see in high schoolers cross country. And I think it's under the, the magnifying glass now that there's so much social media and TikTok and all these things that people's lives are constantly being judged. And the hard thing about high school is that it tries to fit all pegs into a round hole, your square, rectangle, the triangle, whatever. And you have to be a round hole in high school. And you feel like if you're not going to fit in that round hole, then you know, you, you're not going to fit in, you're a loser, you, you have no place for yourself. And to those pegs that don't fit in the round hole, I think you, it's hard to you know, conceptualize at that time point, but there will be a place for you. Um, this world is big. Uh, there are many places outside of your small high school environment, your local city, your local, you know, state, even if you're a smaller area that may seem suffocating and may seem that it doesn't have a place for you. But I think once you go to college, you go to that big environment, you go, uh, to a new city for medical school, you'll have the opportunity to really express yourself and really let that flare you feel like might not really have a place right now, you might not feel comfortable expressing, will really be able to come out and you can really enjoy and celebrate the person that you are. Yeah, that's that's all very, very excellent advice. And tell us about the things to avoid. Like I know what I, I tell my kids and I know what I tell people who want to be neurosurgeons, but you know, things like don't get a criminal record, stuff like that, which are not as obvious as, as they might seem, right? Because we are talking now to... Would we call them coronials or Gen Z or uh, there's a couple different names for the generation after the millennials. So so give us some commentary on the things to avoid. So great. Yeah. So basically things that you want to avoid are things that would put a concrete limitation on your ability to achieve any of your goals, including if that's going to be in the neuros getting into neurosurgery. So I'm thinking about what you need to report on your applications for undergraduate for medical school, for neurosurgery residency. These are, as Dr. Wang said, crimes. Uh, if you've uh, had DUIs, you know, if you have substance issues that have had a run-in with the law, you have to report that. So that's frowned upon and can limit you uh, when you're applying to these things. 
um, if you ever had disciplinary action either in school or for a job, um, that can be reported and that will be an issue when you're applying for these positions. So you'll just want to avoid things like that that would limit you from uh, down the line when someone's judging your record. Now, I, I think that is excellent advice. Um, and it seems obvious to say these things out loud. If you want to have a great professional career, don't commit crimes, don't get a DUI. But I feel like many young people in particular, and even people as they age and progress in their careers, have a sense that, well, I'm special, that doesn't apply to me. And wh what, I would, what I would say to someone at that age who may feel that way is, well, you're not special right now, you can be special, you can become special if you stay the course, stay on the path, and don't disqualify yourself from uh, the road that you're on to take you there to become what you one day could be and that you may have the potential inside yourself for. So I guess to, to wrap up, Andrew, if again we put ourselves in the perspective of these young people who want to stay the course, who want to dot all the I's, cross the T's, and then again excel in some special way and, and let their, indiv their individuality show, can you think of any resources, um, any books, any shows that you think would be good for a young person in high school, pre-medical, pre-college even, to consume and at that age from that perspective that maybe in your own experience or from talking to other people could kind of give them the right mindset or expose them to the right perspectives at that stage in their development? How about listening to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Tune in and... You'll be set. I think at the at this point in high school, you again want to just explore the field and really get to understand medicine and neurosurgery uh, to really help develop that interest and make sure that it's a realistic interest and not this romanticized image we have of being a neurosurgeon that we see on Grey's Anatomy or the other medical shows. Um, so I think to do that, one is to explore opportunities with local neurosurgeons to to reach out to somebody, um, email them say, hey, I'd like to check out what being a neurosurgeon is all about. And I think that's something that you could you know, fulfill that goal. I think another one is to maybe read perspectives about neurosurgeons as well. If you don't have the opportunity to meet with one directly, I think some great options include a book by, uh, unfortunately, uh, recently deceased Paul Kalanithi, uh, who's one of the neurosurgery residents and uh, attending at uh, Stanford Neurosurgery, who wrote a book, um, When Breath Becomes Air. And I think that book may give you also some insight into one, what being a neurosurgeon can be like, especially some of the hardest times during residency, uh, but to show also how impactful that career can be. And again, the goal of really exploring neurosurgery and ensuring that these, these, this field is something that aligns with your interests. Well, Dr. Chan, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I first met you through uh, Praveen Mumanini, and you certainly distinguished yourself in residency. Congratulations on becoming chief resident. Uh, how many publications do you have now? Uh, somewhere around 70. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's more than most of our attendings here at University of Miami. So 70 peer-reviewed publications as an incoming chief at UCSF. Um, if you want to reach out to Dr. Chan, please feel free to email us at neurosurgerypodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, next week, Dr. Chan will be back for our episode on So You Want to Be a Neurosurgeon, but this time for college students. <laughs>